0: for watching today I pray the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice help change the way you think and refresh your spirit if you'd like to follow along with pastor's notes you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app we're starting a new series called reinforcements now I know people don't like to talk about the devil some people would go to say he isn't even real but that's exactly what he wants you to think The Bible talks about him, so he must be real. Jesus calls him the prince of this world. Today, we're going to learn how to make headlines in hell, how to use the power of our inheritance to reinforce our faith in the power of Jesus' name. Let's get started.
1: So Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, now, the Bible is not placating the ignorance or superstition of the people 2,000 years ago. Uh, the devil and the demonic forces are real, right? Now, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it says, give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. However, I want you to listen. There is one place we must give the devil. And that is a place in our theology. Because if you don't give the devil a place in your theology, and you live as if the devil did not exist, most Christians, now the, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Most Christians could not tell you one time in 10 years they resisted the devil. But the Bible says we are to resist him. Peter said in 1 Peter five, verse eight, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine, resist him, resist him steadfast in the faith. So we need to have a place in our theology where we recognize there is a devil. If you do not, he will eat your lunch. You're in a battle and you do not even know it. You're in a war and you do not know it. In Ecclesiastes 8, the Bible says, and there is no release from that war. There is a spiritual war and there's no release. In other words, you cannot go, devil, if you will leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. See, the devil does not treat well those who serve him the best. So they brought to him one who was demon-possessed. Again, the Bible says resist the devil. When? All the time. When? All the time. Now, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 22, he's been asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, this is really a part, I believe, of resisting the devil. When it says to love the Lord with all your mind, I believe it means number one, to renew your mind. To take the, our thoughts that we have that come from culture, and replace them with the Word of God, with God's thoughts. When it says to love the Lord, God, with all your mind, I believe that it means to develop. To to uh, you know, some people graduate from high school and they never crack open another book. In fact, I. Uh, I heard Peter Daniels talk years ago, and he says the average American, after they graduate, whether it's college or high school, does not spend $10 a year to improve their mind. Now, that's a shame. Because if you graduate today and learn nothing tomorrow, you're already behind, right? So renew our minds with the Word of God. We need to develop our minds or our skills, and then we need to guard our minds. The Bible says guard Your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the number one place that the devil is going to attack you is in your mind. That will be the number one. That is really the battleground. It's in our mind. You say, well, it's just a thought. Well, you know, your thoughts become actions. Actions become habits. And habits determine our destiny. In fact, if if I could follow you around for 24 hours and just watch you. In fact, let's make it 48 to be more accurate. 48 hours and watch you for 48 hours, I could predict your future. Not because I'm a prophet, because if I could look at your habits, I could tell your future. So, the Bible says this in, in Isaiah 26. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things have a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So the devil is going to attack us in our minds. And uh, somebody said it, well, it was actually Martin Luther, I believe, who first said this. He said, You cannot stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from making a nest in your hair. In other words, you cannot stop a thought from coming, right? But you can stop that thought from being received and thought out. Matthew 11, verse 12, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So I want you to realize we are in a battle. We're in a war. We have an enemy. That enemy is the devil. The devil is a real, malevolent, evil, wicked, spiritual being, and he's not alone. Well, he he has got hordes of demon spirits that are with him, and it says, they brought to him one who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitude were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? And when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself cannot stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? Now, notice that Satan has a kingdom. Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God, but he mentions that Satan has a kingdom. It it, it is in its order. It has rank. It has file. He said, but if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by the spirit of the demons, by demon spirits, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. This is where we wanted to get to verse 29. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely The kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? Notice that Jesus, in talking about casting out demon spirits, he said, surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. Again, we need to have a place in our theology where we recognize the devil is real. He is your enemy. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And when the Bible talks about demons and when the Bible talks about Satan, again, he's not placating the ignorant superstition of an ancient people. Jesus, Matthew chapter 4, Luke 4, was tempted by the devil. The Bible says that Adam and Eve were tempted. By the devil. In Acts chapter 16, in verse 16, it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now in the Bible here, my King James Bible says she had a spirit of divination. Uh, You can look this up in the Greek. She had a python spirit. Now, I think we've all seen some sort of a wildlife documentary and seen what a python does. It wraps itself around its prey and crushes its prey. Uh, that is a very good description of what Satan wants to do. When you give place to the devil, when you allow him entrance into your life. Remember, Peter said, he goes about like a roaring lion seeking who may devour He can't devour just anybody, but when we allow him entrance, uh, his purpose is to wrap himself around us and literally squeeze the life out of us. Now, this girl had a spirit. Now, I know you can go to the county fair and there may be a charlatan, but there really is such a thing as a spirit of divination, and it's an evil spirit. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim unto us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. And Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit. He wasn't talking to her. He was talking to the Spirit inside her. And he said, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So, As a believer, he used Jesus' name, which has authority. The Bible says that his name has been exalted, and his name is above every name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 16, he says, he who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned, verse 17, And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they'll speak with new tongues. Now, notice Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. My Bible here is a semicolon. I think we all know that the original Greek did not have punctuation. I would actually put that semicolon at the end of in my name. Because he lists four different things that believers do. And all of them are done in his name. In fact, my Bible says those who believe, the Greek says the believing ones. How many of you are believers? You're the believing ones, right? Jesus, the first thing he says you'll do is he says you will cast out demons in his name. Cast out demons in his name. Uh, First John three gives us the commandment that Jesus gave us. And he says, this is his commandment, John is writing, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Most of the time, if we say to Christians, what's his commandment? We say, love one another. And we get 50% on that test. Because there is one commandment with two parts. The first part is to believe in the name you've got to believe that the name of Jesus has authority and that you have the right to use that name. That is believing in the name, that the name has authority, there is salvation, there's deliverance, there's healing, there's provision, there's peace. Whatever you need, it's in the name and that you and I have authority to use that name. Um, I I drove my car to... uh, church here this morning, and if I gave you the key, you could go out, get in the car, and drive off. Now, I'm not recommending it, but I could give it to my my 10-year-old grandson, Beniah. He could get in the car, start the car, and take off. Now, whether you're 10 or 110, if you've got the key, you can get in. You can take off. Well, Jesus' name is the key. Now, Beniah might say, well, I don't feel worthy. Well, the, the car doesn't care. If you've got the key, it opens, it starts, and you can go. You say, yeah, but I don't feel worthy. Yeah, but the key is the name, not how worthy you feel. If you're a believer in the name, it belongs to you. And you need to use the name. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of provision that many Christians don't receive because we aren't using the name. Now, in 1 John chapter 4, and verse 3, it says, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. For you've heard he was coming and is now already in the world. So the Antichrist is a spirit. Now there will be a individual that is the Antichrist. But notice, it says that the Antichrist is already in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. Now, he says, if a spirit confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that spirit's of God. Now, an evil spirit will never confess Jesus came in the flesh because that is to confess their defeat. Several years ago, quite a few years ago, actually, Jeannie and I were missionaries in Mexico. I went to a village up in the mountains of Mexico, and again, this was a 12-hour mule ride, and I'd brought along a generator, a movie projector, some gasoline, some lights, and, and this was, oh, you electricians, this will drive you crazy, so I'd just take a, a, a wire and uh, some light bulbs on little wires and put pins on each positive and negative side and Pin them up on the on the uh, the light and string those in the church. So so we got to this church, little town called uh, Buena Vista. Bernie, are you here? Yeah, Bernie's been there. Bernie's been there with me. I think a few other of you guys have been there too with me. Right. Uh, so I got there and I, I started working in the church. I was hanging up the lights and I was putting out the generator and I was setting up a a sound system that I had with some trumpet speakers. And as I'm working in the back, uh, there's a guy gets up on the stage. Now, there's about 10, 15 guys watching what I'm doing. But this one guy gets up on stage and he starts walking around. He's kind of like he's preaching, you know. Well, I've just ridden a mule for 12 hours. I'm tired. So I sat down and I thought, I'm going to listen to this sermon a minute, you know. And as he's preaching, he goes, Jesus one day just appeared, poof, in a puff of smoke. Whoa! I haven't heard that sermon before. <laughs> and I'm sitting there a minute, and then he he does it again. He says, and then one day the world was dark, and Jesus just came and appeared on earth, poof, in a puff of smoke. <laughs> oh, I think we better deal with this. So I go up there and I say to him, I said. Uh, I said, how did Jesus come? He said, he just came one day pow, in a puff of smoke. And I said, well, I'd like to pray with you. He said, Could, would you repeat this prayer with me? And he says, oh, yeah, I'd love to pray. And, and, and I said, God, we love you. And he said, God, we love you. God, we thank you for Jesus. He said, God, we thank you for Jesus. And, and God, we are so in love with your word. God, we love your word, he said. And then I said, and Jesus came. And he said, and Jesus came. I said, in the flesh, and he said, in the, 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 I think for three minutes he tried to say it. He could not say it. Now, when a demon spirit is in manifestation, it cannot confess that Jesus came in the flesh. So I began to pray for this guy. I told him what was going on, and it was interesting. I found out later he had all kinds of revelations. But they weren't from God. And and I probably ministered to him for two hours before finally he got free. Now, the interesting thing was, I, I was back in that village, I don't remember if it was six months, nine months later, whatever it was. And he was back in the same condition he was before. And I talked to the pastor, and he says, Well, he just wanted those revelations. He wanted that. You see, you cannot get somebody free and keep them free if they don't want to be free. See, somebody's got to want to be free to get free and stay free. And you can even pray for somebody and get them free. But if they aren't willing to resist the devil themselves, some of you know you can't be with somebody 24-7, 365. See, they've got to be able to resist the devil themselves. Now, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made manifest by the church to principalities and powers in heavenly places. So God's wisdom, and literally is talking about redemption, that Jesus defeated the devil and that Jesus gave us that victory, right? That's the wisdom of God. It's to be made known by the church, two principalities and powers, Satan and demon power. So God wants to use the church, that's you, to show Satan and demon power his wisdom that through Christ, not only is he defeated, but he has given that victory and that authority to you and I as believers in Christ. The, name, the, the, the key that opens the door is Jesus' name. It's believing in that name, that it belongs to you, and that that name has authority, that Jesus is the victor, and that his authority is in his name. In Mark's gospel, verse 38, it says, Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, We saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. And Jesus said, don't forbid him, for no one can work a miracle in my name. Every supernatural thing that happens, happens in his name. A lot of people, Christians, they just believe, oh, when God wants to bless me, he will. No, he'll bless you when you believe in the blessing and use the name. That's when the blessing is going to come. No one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he is not against us, is on our side. Now, there is in Acts chapter 19, uh, a a story of the seven sons of Sceva. Uh, I I don't know what's happening nowadays, but I remember when I was in college, um, there there, there was this... uh, Well, let me read the story, and then I'll tell you. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they're saying, come out in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. The the Amplified Translation says it this way. The evil spirit retorted, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know about. But who are you? I I would like to ask you a question. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I've heard about. I want to ask you, have you made some headlines in hell? Because Paul made some headlines in hell. He said, and Paul, I know about. He said, but who are you? He said, you need to be the believer who believes in that name, that it belongs to you, that it has authority in every world over every situation. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. When I was in college, we had a bunch of crazy young students that took off naked and moody. They called it streaking. Ran through the campus one day. Well, this was the first streakers right here. It was demonic then, and it's demonic now. All right. (laughs) Well, they found out it wasn't just the name of Jesus. It's faith in the name of Jesus, that you believe in the name of his son. Ephesians 2 and verse 6 says that, He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now, we've talked about this before. But when Jesus arose from the dead, in God's mind, in God's eye, it was not Jesus that arose, but you arose with him. He was raised when you were justified. And when Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, you and I, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. In Luke 13, we talked about this just a couple weeks ago. Now, he was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could buy, in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity, laid his hands on her, and immediately she was straight, made straight and glorified God. And uh, the, the uh, ruler of the synagogue confronts Jesus Jesus answered and said, Hypocrite, doesn't each one of you loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years, free loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Ought not this woman, because she's a daughter of Abraham, she's part of the covenant? But the Bible says in Galatians 3, 29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. She ought to be delivered. You ought to be delivered. She ought to be healed. You ought to be healed. It belongs to you. It's part of the covenant that God has with you and with with me. Yet we are part of the kingdom of God. And when you're in the jurisdiction of the kingdom, the rights and the privileges of the kingdom belong to you. But you and I, we need to stand up and we need to claim it. We need to resist the enemy. And the Bible says, when you do, he will flee from you. By the way, the word flee literally means to run in stark terror. Somebody said, I'm afraid of the devil. Why? Because he's afraid of you. He's afraid of you. When you understand who you are in Christ, the authority that you have in Christ, and what belongs to you in Christ, and you stand against him. See, The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. We need to believe in that name and stand against what the enemy brings. He comes to kill To steal and to destroy. But the kingdom, Jesus described it like this He says, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. You know, so many of us, we try to reach God without realizing that God has already reached down to rescue us through Jesus. And if you're watching today, but you know you're not right with God, you're away from God and you say, I want to be right. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. I want to invite you right now to bow your head and pray this prayer with me. Make these words your own. Just you say, oh, God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe that he rose again and I believe he's coming again. Today I receive the forgiveness That Jesus purchased for me and today I give him all of my heart and all of my life I hold nothing back I thank you you've heard my prayer that I'm a part of your family today and forever in Jesus name amen now if you prayed that simple prayer from your heart you are right with God you're forgiven. You're a part of his family on your way to heaven, but you need to keep growing spiritually. And I wrote a book. I want you to have a free copy of this book. It's called Your New Life. It's just full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. All you need to do is get online, download the book, and it's going to help you keep on growing in Christ, walking by faith. God bless you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is reaching the world with the truth of God's Word on and off the air. Right now, we have an awesome opportunity to double your impact. Due to the generosity of some of our partners, we have a matching gift of $300,000. We wanna make it easy for you to become a partner with us and now you can text ResGive to 94000 and select walking by faith in the drop-down menu. You can also give on our website or on our app. Thank you so much for helping us send God's word all around the world to change lives every day. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. Get out there and make some headlines in hell this week.